0: Bus.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the podcast Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preville Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners. Family friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome everybody to this episode, Do the Right Thing. And I have a returning guest, really good friend and colleague of mine, Corey Costanzo. And a little bit about Corey. He is a somatic therapist, a licensed addiction counselor, as well as a licensed massage and bodywork therapist. And he is the co-owner of Still Point Wellness here in Asheville, North Carolina. So we talk about do the right thing, the aspect of integrity, and about following and listening to our bodies and not just following and listening to our thoughts about using our bodies as a resource to notice about being alignment or not being in alignment. To that point, uh, what kind of energy is running through us that is aligned or not? Is it resonating on a deeper level? Corey talks about using different practices of mindfulness, meditation, self-inquiry, breathing to feel into what the right thing to do is. We also talk about how that is in relationships of tuning into another person to feel if decisions are relational. And we also talk about parent and child relationship dynamics on doing the right thing. Koi also discusses character structures and how our past influences our boundaries in doing the right thing. Okay, everybody. Hope you enjoy this episode. right, brother, here we go. I'm looking forward to this conversation to piggyback off of you and I hung out all day yesterday and having great conversations. And one of the themes that kept coming up between us was just the expression of do the right thing. So we got to explore what is doing the right thing, especially when it comes to relationships. And I know some of the conversations from yesterday that spurred that was how you do your volunteer work at the prison. And we know that people that are incarcerated sometimes they're not doing the right thing and they get into a situation so how does working with that population has spurred some of that thought process on friday as soon as i was finished
0: the one of the co's was taking the inmates back into the unit where they bunk and where they stay and he just turned back and he just looked at me and he said thank you for doing the work that you do. And he said it with such sincerity and it struck a nerve and it went right to the core of my being of
1: why I do this work, which is basically because I'm doing the right thing. So the CEO is a correction officer, which usually they don't give that kind of compliment to somebody that's coming in to help people relax and go within themselves and meditate. I
0: would say about half of them give me some sort of expression of gratitude maybe a quarter of them maybe a quarter of them and then maybe another quarter is just kind of neutral and then half of them are just doing their job the way they think they need to do their job which is as a like more of kind of like a hard line like show no emotion kind of thing but this man just all—all all it was was that one sentence, and with his eyes, and it was
1: uh, very affirming that I am doing the right thing. I imagine that you know that you're doing the right thing, but that affirmation just went deeper into that—that
0: that match. Yeah, it's almost—it's almost like um, just like a network of connectivity of recognizing the right thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's what that really feel like. It, it felt like the humanness of him saying, I see you doing the right thing and I appreciate that, and I'm gonna let you know that I appreciate that, mm. which to me is doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, Mr. Appreciation Yourself.
1: Yeah, because I think when I know that I'm, called doing the right thing, there's a resonance of my human value. There's all kinds of things that we have to calculate in decision-making. Is it exerting the right energy financially? Is it right? Am I going to hurt this other person? It's going to be consequences. And sure, we have to go through all that evaluation. But deep down, I think almost, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think that deep down, human beings know what the right thing is when we're connected to our humanness. How do you know that you're doing the right thing?
0: I feel it in my body. I use my body as a resource and I constantly check into my body. It's part of my training as a body-centered psychotherapist and uh, how I was trained in Esalen Massage as a massage and body work practitioner also. So I, I, I feel in my body and I notice, does this feel tense or does this feel good? Does it feel like I have flow going through? Or do I feel blocked? Do I feel anxiety? And if I do feel anxiety, what's the flavor and the texture of that anxiety? Is it the body's wisdom of, hey, this is dangerous? There's a possibility of you or someone else getting hurt if you make this decision that might not be the right thing? Or is it, oh, that's going to be jumping off a cliff? and it's scary, and I feel anxiety about it, and if I breathe into it, then it opens up into energy that helps me muster up the courage to get on stage and you know, do some kind of a public performance or uh, public
1: speaking or lead a workshop or confront somebody. You hit it with, that, with the body uh, resonation feeling it and knowing that it's resonating on a deep level after we listen to it more and more and more it starts to resonate higher and deeper and there's a more knowing it's like listening to it the more that we listen to it then there's not a doubt I think in the beginning it there's a doubt yeah and I feel like
0: mindfulness practice that I do meditation practice that I do self-inquiry practice uh, breathing practice all really helps me to be present so that I could feel into what the right thing to do is. And part of that is also when I'm in relationship with somebody else and having to decide what the right thing to do is, part of that is also noticing their body language and trying to feel into into where they're at. You know, like um, if I'm going to decide to confront somebody, let's say, you know, it might not be the right thing to do to confront my wife on some way that I'm feeling or something that I want to wanna express in that moment. I might need to wait a day.
1: And if it's still there, in a sense, then you know that you have to confront it, but maybe dissipated in a way that you can really feel good about and that you feel that it, you're able to let it go, yeah. then you know that that was the right thing to do too. Yeah,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, maybe she's not in a space to hear what I have to say or to take the feedback or to take
1: my question or curiosity or criticism. Because <laughs> I think that's the real challenge that I know I hear from a lot of people. How do I know that what I'm doing and speaking is my truth and then I get bad consequences? Wasn't that the right thing? I know for me the third entity in my connection with especially my wife is our relationship. So it's us, it's me, it's her and then our relationship. So I have to take care of the relationship. So am I making decisions that are relational? That's not just a compromise for me totally and I'm only doing it for the relationship. That's not doing the right thing. Am I doing it just for me because it feels good and the hell with her or the hell with the relationship? That's not the right thing. So there's a fine balance of feeling that there's going to be a compromise sometimes with maybe something that I want or need, but I make a choice that's actually beneficial for the relationship. And that ultimately is the right thing for me down the road. How have you discovered that? practice and practice and practice and making decisions and making decisions i imagine and making mistakes too all the time you yeah. know making the the, the, the mistakes get they're, they're not as profound they're not like holy shit, man did i mess up on this one they're less and less and less and they're they're mm-hmm. tweaked because i like the recovery when i know that i missed something i wasn't aware i wasn't mindful that I can go back and and tweak it and realign back of what doing the right thing is for me in our relationship, whether it's apologizing, whether it's just giving space or acknowledging, validating which I didn't do before, whether it's pausing with decision making and giving it more space. I, I like the aspect that most of the time I get redos. I get to do it more and more, and then it feels like I'm closer to a flow of what it is of doing the right thing in alignment. And that's where connection, I talk about how connection makes us drop the conflict faster and come back in connection. And so for me, when I don't do the right thing, I can drop it faster and actually come back towards what is the right thing, what is beneficial for me and my, and my relationships. I feel like it takes a value of listening
0: to your partner listening to Rainbow, and a value of her experience is just as important as your experience, which I love what what you were just saying with the relationship being a third entity. There's you, there's her, and then there's the relationship because that just brings reality into the situation that there's more than one perspective. And I feel like my life flows much easier and things, uh, things feel much better And uh, there's more happiness in my life and more success in my life when I'm aware of
1: other people's reality, not only my reality. Mm -hmm. I think it's also hard when we're seeing other people's reality and then we bring in our perspective of what the right thing is, like telling somebody else that wasn't the right thing to do, you know, do the right thing as opposed to me modeling the right thing for the relationship and let that person feel what it feels like on the receiving end for them to come around to be do something that's beneficial for the relationship. Because I, I, I see this all the time, people going back and forth, calling each other out in criticism about what the right thing and the wrong thing is. And that's not so great of a teaching method. More of it is aligning yourself with what it is that is beneficial in doing that right thing. And the person then sees it and there's a different modeling than telling what it is. Nice. Yeah. Before we were talking about little instances about feeling what the right thing was, and you gave a little story about uh, your sister's uh, um, birthday party. Yeah. And I thought that was, a, that was an interesting, people have a lot of that dilemma. Can you tell that story a little bit? Yeah, so my sister's turning 50
0: next month or in, in two months, and um, my brother-in-law is planning a, a surprise party for her in Far Rockaway, Queens,
1: New York. New York City. And we're not gonna have your sister listen to this until <laughs> Hopefully not. Okay, I'll make sure that it goes out after her birthday. Yeah, there you go.
0: There you go. It's it's gonna happen early July. So, okay. I'll yeah. get it out. Of. So my brother in law consulted my brother and I and said, Hey, who do you think we should invite from the family? And, you know, there was very quickly a person who's on the kind of periphery of my family but kind of always, always comes around came to mind of somebody that I don't think should be invited. So I said, hey, you know, please don't invite this person. And there's one other person that I personally didn't want invited. So I said, and I don't think you should invite this person either. And then after our hang last night, you know, where we really explored a lot about doing the right thing. And, you know, that, that came up a bunch, you know, I had these realizations that I was giving that recommendation based on what I wanted. And I started to think, Oh, this is a surprise party for my sister. Like what would she want and who would she want there? And it really gave me a moment to reflect on my sister's value system. And my sister is just an absolutely beautiful person that always thinks about others. I know that one of the two people that I didn't want to be there, I felt confident that my sister would want him there because she wouldn't want him to feel bad. If he found out that he wasn't invited to her party, then he would take offense to that. And I know that my sister would not want that. So I was able to really see beyond myself. And then, you know, this morning when I woke up, one of the first things I did was send send a text to my brother and my brother-in-law, and you know, telling them of what I thought now, Mm. which was which was different. So, Mm. so you went beyond yourself. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. feel really grateful that Mm. I was able to I was able to step beyond myself in that moment, and. It really makes me think that that could be a really good strategy of decision-making if I can become disciplined in going beyond myself when I make decisions of what the right thing is to do in the moment. I can, I can, I can go really far out, right? I, I can think of the other person or people that it's gonna impact. I can think of how it impacts the environment. I can think of how it impacts
1: lots of other things. Mm-hmm. Especially the future. We can't read that, but we can have an inclination if we get curious about that. And we talked about earlier, that's why it's difficult to be in relationship with, with a narcissist. Because yeah. they don't have the perspective outside of themselves. And they have a very difficult time expressing and feeling empathy. Because empathy is a key also. The aspect of doing the right thing when you're in a relationship. I told a story years ago. My son was maybe about 15 or so, and he crossed my boundaries in some way, and I was taken aback and was hurt by it. And he, and I had a conversation about it, and he really showed his remorse. He really realized it and was very remorseful. And right before that incident, I bought him his first laptop, and I didn't give it to him yet. And I would imagine that some parents at that moment probably would have tried to teach a lesson to their kid and not give that gift because of that indiscretion of that boundary being crossed. But for me, the level of remorse that he showed was an added aspect of me wanting to reward him in some way. And uh, since I was already going to do it, when I gave him uh, the laptop, he burst out. In emotion and crying, just in the realization of the kind gesture it was not to punish him for his indiscretion and actually reward him for his vulnerability and for being a human being. And to me, that's what was more important, was that he stepped up in his ownership and his accountability and his responsibility. And I felt really, really good about that was the right thing to do. And I didn't have to doubt and ask anybody else for advice about it, and and my wife and I really felt good about that that decision. Yeah, I imagine that his brain
0: was literally forming new neural connections of empathy from that experience. Mm-hmm. How old was he when that happened? Like about uh, fifteen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know the brain is still developing, and that's how we learn. That's the whole idea of parenting. Yeah, so what a beautiful opportunity to take a seemingly negative experience and turn it into what I imagine was deep growth for your relationship with him and also for his own sense of empathy and thinking and thinking about about others. And, you know, I just love it when parents can see that everything is an opportunity for growth and even seemingly negative negative things when the right thing is done can turn into some of the most profound growth experiences in life you know which is um why i'm not so much a fan of of hardcore boundaries meaning like like a hardcore boundary would have been for you to be like you know I got you this laptop, but because you did that, now I'm going to take it back because you've got to learn a lesson. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hardcore boundary. Like somebody might think that that's the right thing to do. Maybe Mm -hmm. their parent used hardcore boundaries with them also. And um, I'm not a fan of that in most instances. Maybe there are some instances that I might use that, but what I would definitely do
1: is really feel into it so mm-hmm. that I get the green light on. yeah cuz most people aren't feeling into it they're using their head and their rationality in that way or their own trauma or their own history right mm-hmm. bringing in their own yeah their own trauma and perspective and and their projections that are coming in
0: back to the narcissistic character structure right you know what I learned in graduate school in clinical psychology is that is that we all have these character structures that kind of make us who we are and um, you know, narcissism or, you know, thinking of ourselves before others is one of the many character styles or character structures that we all have a piece of. And some of us have stronger styles in our character structure and makeup than others. And the folks that have more of a narcissistic me centered and centric character structure Typically what I've noticed in my clinical work and also learned in graduate school is that typically those, those folks have had their boundaries violated early on in their lives in such a way that they have had to build a strong, a stronger than
1: usual sense of themselves and thinking about, thinking about themselves for survival. So they were doing the right thing back then, but they don't have to continue doing the same thing, thinking it's the right thing <laughs> right now in their, in their present. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So
0: like, you know, if I'm ever working with somebody that I identify has a strong narcissistic bend to their personality structure, character structure, having boundaries is a very important intervention that I need to use with that, with that client.
1: Mm-hmm, All right. Yeah. And that really shows up In my work with couples, the aspect of infidelity, you know, when most of the time when there is infidelity in one partner, there is more of a narcissistic bend to it because they're really thinking of themselves. They're not really thinking about the other person and their consequences, you know, working with couples where I've heard, you know, I don't really regret it because I really got a lot out of it and it was really good for me. I know it caused some pain. But would I do it all over again? Maybe I would. Of course, there's others that feel a lot of the pain and they wouldn't do it. But the ones that say they did get a lot out of it, it's interesting after working with them for some years, now they're getting out of some of that perspective of just uh, me gratification and really understanding the pain and the empathy for the other person. And they're starting to realize, was that really the right thing for me? Mm -hmm. It was impulsive. It was pleasure-seeking but in the whole run of what I'm experiencing right now and the pain and the work of repair and the possibility of of regaining trust that is very tenuous, was that the right thing? Mm-hmm. So it really shows up a lot in the aspect of agreements and relationships of what's the right thing. Yeah. So in incidences around agreements that couples make, you know, That is so important of understanding the agreements and knowing when we go outside those agreements how the boundaries are crossed and the ramifications of that. So doing the right thing is really understanding is my behavior in line with my agreement? Am I crossing a boundary? If I am, is there a way that I can present my diversion from my agreement in a way to get understanding instead of just doing a behavior without checking in and bringing the other person into the process. To me, that's more doing the right thing. Like sometimes I tell couples, hey, you know, now that you know that you had this infidelity, one way to build trust is to really feel yourself and tell your partner, I know that there might be a possibility that you think that I will do this again, but I am telling you from the bottom of my heart, if this ever comes up again, I will tell you, that I am feeling the tendency and the need and the desire to find some needs outside of the relationship and I'm gonna tell you before I will do that. I, will, I will, will not betray you and do it secretly and behind the back. To me, that's doing the right thing. You know, Being able to now realize, okay, I'm gonna come out and say that that's what I'm gonna do as opposed to doing it. That's more of doing the right thing in an agreement standpoint. I am in full support of
0: having the awareness and using mindfulness practice to be able to notice what's happening inside of me. And I'm in full support of couples setting those expectations and resetting those expectations and talking about stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like that's what really leads to to success mm-hmm. is sharing some of those
1: deep beneath the surface things. And I think it works, it doesn't only work this way, but for me it works well when I'm constantly doing that within myself. Yeah. A few weeks ago I went shopping, grocery shopping, and I bought all this stuff, and I, when I brought everything out in the cart, it was a double cart, and I realized I never took out the cat food that was on the bottom of the cart to pay for it and I realized I didn't pay for it 15 bucks I was in a hurry I didn't go back but I thought to myself that doesn't feel right that I'm I don't feel right that that stole not that I did it on purpose I didn't do it on purpose at all I totally forgot it was on the bottom so the next time I went two weeks later I actually said that that's what occurred and bought the same cat food and just got charged twice for it and the person at the counter was hesitant they really didn't know what to do i don't think they ever had anybody actually come in and do that but after i did that yeah. the alignment that i felt in my body that we talked about earlier it was yeah. like ah that was the right thing for 15 bucks yeah i did the right thing you know as opposed to getting away with 15 bucks and letting it chip away unconsciously inside yeah. myself that yeah. I would have more and more slippery slopes. So when I do walk by some trash that's on the ground and I'm able to take five steps and come back and pick it up and take it, I feel really good. The more that I do that within myself, yeah, the more that I'm gonna do it relationally.
0: You know, the way I've heard you speak so much about using appreciation as a practice, as a daily practice, as a moment to moment of practice, and I've actually Explored that in myself and I use that in my own life gratitude practice and do the right thing. Practice this sounds like a foundational philosophy in life. And you know, the same way I might use gratitude as a way of life that is like anti anxiety for mm. me. And you know, as you know, the heart math research shows mm. that when we're in heartfelt appreciation of somebody else. Our cortisol levels go down, the stress hormones go down, and we just feel better. And that's actually like bona fide research. I'm going to explore these next couple of weeks, do the right thing practice, mm. where every single time I
1: contemplate what's the right thing in this moment right now. Yeah, for me, for my relationships, yeah. like you said, for the world. Yeah and it is a complicated aspect of what is the right thing one thing is right for another person it's not for the right but again i think deep down we do know just like we in know. the in the corporate and the political environment right now yeah. that people are getting to a a higher expression of like let's do the freaking right thing yeah you know we know what the right thing we know that polluting in the waters is not the right thing so corporations like do the right thing bottom line it's not about the profits it's about doing the right thing what's for everybody politically what's going on politically do the right thing buck the the party and get in line with the values and do the right thing that's right and we don't really have to tell what exactly in detail that is we know a little bit about what the right thing is so being curious in our own exploration of doing the right thing—that's right. Uh, it starts with us. It starts mm-hmm. starts with the individual mm-hmm. and fans out. Yeah, and we can have fun with it. I was telling you, like, do the right thing. That expression, uh, what I get it from is is from the movie Spike Lee's I Think that was in the was Brooklyn. In the United, Brooklyn. In, it was in the nineties. Yeah, or something. it's called "Do the Right Thing." And maybe about uh, I think it was yeah, two thousand fourteen. I was at a Yankees game, and I went to the bathroom. And when I got out of the bathroom in the corridor of the stadium, Spike Lee was right there, and he was just standing there waiting for some somebody. And you know, I wanted to go up to him and you know tell him I love his work and blah 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 all this stuff. And I just walked by him and kind of said the cool thing. And I walked by and said, "Hey, bro, hey, man, do the right thing." And he just looked at me and goes, oh man, like. <laughs> 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 he, I think he's like that's cool. And come on, man! Like, is that all you got to say with me? It's like that's a good mantra, man. Do the right thing. I hear you. So that's my connection to doing the right thing and, and Spike Lee. Uh, yeah. That's a great
0: story. I love that. I love that movie. And you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and my dad owned the pizzeria. And you know, Sal's Sal's Pizza in in the movie. And I really grew up in a very similar situation that the brothers uh, that were working at their dad's pizzeria really grew up in. I used to work at my dad's pizzeria and um, it was in a black neighborhood. And I remember one day, you know, turning towards my dad and just saying, hey dad, you know, how could you do this? And, And really this totally happened in the movie. This almost the same exact scene happened in the, in the movie it was just really ironic. You know, I said I said, "Hey, dad, you know, you come to this neighborhood, it's run down like, you know, these people, you know, like this was this, I I just have to preface this with, you know, when I grew up in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, there was racism all around me and I was kind of indoctrinated into this culture of white against black and that I had more human rights than somebody else because the color of my skin was white. And so when I said this to my dad, he looked at me and he really looked at me sharply. And he said, hey, don't think like that. He said, our customers put food on our plates at home. Hmm. So we have a lot to respect and honor them for. And it was just such a wonderful moment in fatherhood. Mm. Because I was really young. I was really young and and naive then. I always remember that. And it was very, very similar in Mm. do the right thing. And that's what it really was. It was just do Do the right right thing. And I I think as
1: we get closer to doing more of the right things for us, when we don't, it stands out for me. Like, I have one experience with my sister that I did not do the right thing. Many, many, many of my actions, I feel like I did the right thing. And I, I've apologized to her about it. We kid about it here and there, but it stays with me. I had, I was living in an apartment, and a main water pipe broke, and I was on the basement floor, and it flooded my whole, my whole apartment. And I was 24 years old, but I did the right thing. I had renters insurance at 24 years old for 50 bucks a year, mm-hmm. so I got all my furniture and things that were damaged was replaced I was borrowing my sister's dining room table and the dining room table got a little bit waterlogged um, in some way but it was still livable I kept the dining room table I got 500 bucks for the damage of the table and I kept the 500 bucks and I didn't give it to my sister and my sister was upset that she should have got the money, it was her table. And I was like, what do you mean you get the money? You get the table back. You should get the table back. And she just, she was so hurt by it. And it took me years to realize, yeah, you know, the right thing would have been done because it was greed. Mm -hmm. I got something like Mm -hmm. $9,000 back of all that stuff, Mm -hmm. 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. I could have even shared it with her. And yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. So that stays with me, you know, from like you know, 30 years ago. And I think it's good to have those experiences because those are bookmarks to go. Wait a second. I don't want to repeat that. I want to do the right thing. You know, that's helped me in realizing um, not to berage myself, not to feel guilty that I can't act. I can now take that experience and what would the right thing to to do? What would it be? I agree. Uh Mm -hmm. Hey brother, so it's getting to be a little bit of time and I know you want to do the right thing by getting back to your family at a certain time. That's That's right. Yeah, instead of going out, we spent all day yesterday together, you slept over, we had a great time. I want to help you do the right thing by uh, leaving my house on time to get to your family on a good sunday afternoon so moment to moment to moment do the right thing practice the here right we thing. go all right <laughs> i'm looking forward to joining that with you we'll, we'll we'll be having a lot more conversations on doing the right thing i love you my man you too brother i love you
0: all right i think we got it relationships let's talk about it is a production of Heartshare counseling and consulting pc of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on Licensed Counselor, Pripo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Auxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today faster and easier. Try it for free at auxbus.com. That's A-U-X-B-U-S.com. Auxbus.